Episode 338, The Rant, Shaquille Mosley, Uniondale legend, eternal hooper, making a difference in his life and others. Shaq don't even remember when we played against each other some 10 years ago. In this pod, we discuss his early life playing basketball, his tenacious work ethic that made him a beast at it, his pursuit of greatness, his experience playing basketball in high school and college, hooping all over the place and everywhere in between, and his experience running Shaq Attack Academy. All that and more, my conversation with Shaq, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by Long Island Legends U, the premier youth flag football league on Long Island. Calling all ages from four under to 18 and under, both boys and girls. Sign up as a team or a free agent. Expect pictures, social media posts, full game weekly highlight videos, and much, much more. Fall season for 2021 is rapidly approaching. Sign up today. To register, visit legendsu.com or follow us on Instagram at LILegendsU. Legends are not born, they are created. The Rant has been brought to you by The Island Garden, located at 45 Cherry Valley Avenue, West Hempstead, New York. Long Island. Enjoy three basketball courts with various camps, clinics, leagues, and the biggest AAU outfit in the nation, the Long Island Lightning. For more information to find out how you can get on the court, contact Tom at islandgarden.com. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest, somebody that lives three minutes away from my house. And come to find out that this guy is so much more enlightened than what I thought. But at the same time, I've only seen him as a pit bull, as a basketball player. And I always felt like when I played, I always felt like I was mischaracterized because I have this like different persona when I used to play basketball. I just kind of was like Draymond, but like half the skill. But, you know, I, I played my role. I talked a lot. And that's not really how I am. I'm like an enlightened dude. So like now I, I see how you're, you're vibing and, and I could tell like just the tenacity of you playing basketball. But I have a Uniondale legend, somebody that understands going to Uniondale but not really living in Uniondale. We'll, we'll get into all of that. But, um, you know, somebody that I've just seen, you know, Shack Attack Academy um, and just been in the circuit just around outside in Long Island. Mr. Shaquille Mosley. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. I thank you for you know, allowing me to be up here with you today speak with, you know, give some gyms out to the young boys that's listening, young boys and girls that's listening. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity, man. So thank you. Yeah. And listen, thank you for um, making that um, Elite Hoops uh, entertaining for me because every time I do a game, I'm just trying to say to myself, like, how hard, how, how hard can I look as like chilling, like walking and like, because this is what Donnie does. Like my ref partner, He's always like, we're not switching. Like, don't don't try to work. Don't try to act like we're in college right now. Oh, man. And I'm like, bro, I'm trying to get sharp. I'm trying to, like, start perfecting my craft. That's what sucks about refing. It's like you have the ability to have, like, a Shack Attack Academy, right? There's no, like, refing. Like, 
because you're going to look crazy. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. Like, imagine if you saw me and like your backyard was right next to my backyard and you saw me like practicing referee moves. Would you think I was crazy? Honestly, no. No? No. You would immediately know that it was reffing. Maybe not, but I know I'd, I'd be looking crazy myself. Mm. I'd be walking around the malls doing dribbling drills. I walk around all day shooting. <laughs> like, like it's invisible rims everywhere I go. Right. So, you know, everybody got an art. I'm not, I'm not surprised about anything that you just said, but something that I just really thought of, and this is probably something that, based on a just previous conversation, would just come from left field, but um, just how... I guess when you're, when you're playing basketball and, you know, you're just so used to training and training and then it kind of just gets taken away two years ago, March 2020. Yeah. The reason why the world stopped was because the NBA said so. That was when we were like, oh, this is, this is real. Yeah. This is super real. And I'm thinking at that point in time, at least for myself, I know I was in the midst of playoff games, college games, and like it was towards the end of the season. So I was feeling like, kind of like halfway burnt out but at the same time like I know I'm getting up because now I'm doing nothing but serious games yeah, for sure. and for somebody that you know I, you could anybody that has seen you score you know 56 I told you before I was half asleep I saw you score 56 points I'm like who where, where's the enforcer on the team like where, when are we gonna like do a little tap tap that way we could just keep them at least 14 let them think about something not go unmolested for 56 points but um you know just the fact that when everything shut down and, you know, even in New York City, they started taking down the rims. Like, that's how serious it got. And, you know, I'm, uh, at the time, your son was born, right? Yes, sir. So that must have been such a crazy juxtaposition of, I don't know, I, I, I'm interested to hear, like, your reflection point on basketball when it wasn't really the most important thing in the world. <laughs> to be honest, man, right before that, I was really um, in between, you know, now that we're on the podcast, I can really talk about it. But I was really in between talking to a lot of people about, you know, trying to play professionally, you know, trying to get ready, trying to get myself back in the shape, back in the gym. So I was really putting in a lot of time in the gym, like, you know, really investing a lot of time. Mind you, I know I had a son about to be born, you know. So once he was born, you know, Kobe, February 1st, and then, you know, right COVID hit, it was just, that was kind of, it was kind of like a big hit for me, you mm. know, because I was, Spending so much time in the gym, you know, dedicating, you know, my life like I've been doing for all my life, you know, but really locking in, you know what I'm saying? And for that to happen, it was kind of was really like a big blow for me. But at the end of the day, it was like really a, a big blessing because when C came, you know, I got a chance to really lock in and really focus on being a dad. Spending a lot more time with my family that I didn't get a chance to do with my first son because when I had my first one, I was in college. So when he was first born... I would spend a lot of time going back and forth, not really being able to be there every single day. Mm. But when I had Kobe, it was it was a total difference, and it was a blessing. I never, I would never ask for nothing different than that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this is the last month that I'm going to be with my. Son. I've been unequivocally with like my son attached to the hip for the better part of like two years. I mean, like he went to remote school last year. He went to, I was his teacher the year before that when the thing all dropped. So, like. I'm really going to miss the fact that he's there, but I do understand like the social consequences of not going to school. But um, I do want to hear about those first two weeks because I think we were still in a predicament of saying, you know, in two weeks, this will pass and then we'll get back to normal. So I just wanted to see where your head was 
in terms of like the training aspect of it, of saying, you know, are you taking a pause with this or are you saying like, nah, nah, I still got to train because in two weeks we're going to be back on it? Well, to be honest, I was, I'm a newsman. So I was, once I started reading, trying to watch the news, trying to, you know, just hear a little bit of things, I really just started focusing, locking in on myself. So even for those few two weeks, even though I couldn't get really, I couldn't really get in the gym, I could always run, still have my basketball, still able to go outside, dribble by myself, still work on my handles, still, still ways you can get better, you know what I'm saying, besides putting up shots. You don't always need a basketball court. So with that being said, you know, it was still hard, you know, trying to manage the fact that, you know, you got, you know, my lady in the house and my baby. So I had to really make sure that I wasn't really coming close to anybody, keeping, this, keeping a nice distance between everybody, but also making sure that, you know, I got to take my job serious. And I love what I do. I love, love basketball. I love to hoop. So if you love to hoop, you know, you love to do something, you're not going to just totally put it down. You're going to figure out ways to get better. Even when they try to put down, you know, take it down the rims, they take it down the hoops. You know what I'm saying? So I still had to just stay focused and still lock in and still do what I had to do. But mm. I did have to, you know, take priorities and still make sure that, you know, I was still safe, making sure my, my newborn wasn't getting, you know, infected. I know. And, and I think that was like really kind of like a blessing in disguise only because it reset kind of just your perspective in life. And also, I feel like you had to do the most upkeep in terms of like just cleanliness, because when you're thinking about a virus going on, I feel like you were just like even more hyper-focused because you had a newborn. Because when you have a newborn, it's like coronavirus time anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, we're cleaning everything to the... Everything. Because we don't want to get a rash on, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. All of that type of stuff. So um, I always ask this question, and I'm interested to see how much you think you've evolved from the pandemic, especially now, because it seems as if, and this has always been my prediction from like day one, because the first month that I started, everyone started experiencing the coronavirus in real time where Trump was on TV and yeah. you know what I mean? Like six o'clock. Um, at that time, I read this book called The Pale Rider and they went through the 19, um, the, the Spanish flu. And it was like three years. And it, it was literally the same thing, like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And then it ended like three, four years. So I always said to myself, I still think it's going to be summer 2022. And I really thought by like around now, April, I'd say April 2021, I'm like, okay, maybe because everyone's like, see, you, 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 you will. But now I'm not bugging. I'm not bugging at all. So I wanted to ask you just like this whole different variations, the variant, the beginning of the shutdown and then we would just close and then just all the protests and then just like the changes in your life of just having you know multiple kids yeah. having different priorities basketball not really being the priority not because of choice but because of requirement of yeah. of things what do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time to be honest man i learned a lot about myself i learned that i was a lot more patient than what i really thought i was mm. and to be honest um, but I mean, patient was, I don't, doesn't mean, I don't, I don't mean like, you know, I was being annoyed by being around the same people every day, but you know, just being trapped in the house all day, not being able to go outside, you know, and I live in an apartment, you know what I'm saying? So I don't really have a back, I don't have a, a backyard, you know what I'm saying? So everything I'm doing, just, I always got people around me. I don't really feel like I have, you know, a lot of space to myself, but you know, I still managed to, to get by, you know, stay, stay, get through it and st stuff like that. But. Yeah, I was. I really learned a lot. Like I was saying, I really learned to be patient, you know. And it helped me once I got able to be getting in the gyms and do what I do as far as training, getting in the gym. I was able to really, really lock in and do good with with young kids. Cause you know, with young kids, you got to be a lot of you got to 
have patience to deal with them. Yeah. You know, they don't really know a lot. So, you know, with them, you can't even really give them all the time fundamentals. You may have a big man who can't, who really didn't develop into his, to his body yet. So he may be big, but he can't move. Mm. So you can't really give him drills yet until you really lock him in, give him ladder work, give him agility work, really give him a chance to be able to learn. So now when he does develop his body, he already has those skills. He doesn't have to worry about backtracking. He's already ahead of the game. So, you know, being the fact, you know what I'm saying? So it's funny how life experiences that I learned, you know what I'm saying, that helped taught me things about myself, helped me with basketball. That's just really much, you know, that was the main thing, I think, you know, helped me during the pandemic and stuff like that. Patience, mm. a lot. Yeah, it humbled, humbled me a lot. That's, good. That's a good thing to learn. <laughs> I, listen, I'll say about eight years ago, I remember um, I was at Spino Park and we were playing half court and I was playing with these two individuals. They were uh, these two Indian kids and one of my boys who, he's kind of good at rebounds, but he's not good, like <laughs> crazy at basketball. But like, I'd be like, yo, 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 just give me the ball. But I had a shooter. And I had a dog on defense. And I was the anchor that would just talk shit. Ooh. And I remember I played this young kid. His name was, they called him Shaq. And he came in and he was sauntering at the, on the court. And he was the goods, man. I mean, this, this kid just, he had a knack of getting to the, to, the, to the chip. And, you know, it was mesmerizing to see. I had a couple of times I was Ding you up. You probably don't remember. But I'll say like, wow, you a dog. And I wasn't going to talk shit. Normally what I try to do is take people off psychologically, but I'm like, okay, this guy is clearly... Because there's one thing to be like classically trained yeah, yeah. on a piano. And then there's another thing to be a dog. But then there's another thing to be a dog and classically trained at the same time. And that's what I felt like you possessed. Me, when I had the opportunity to play at Kellenberg, and we have that bond because you played at St. John's, lights was too bright for me, bro. Like yeah. the girl that I liked was in the stands... You know, I bu I'd bust ass in practice, but, yo, I never played AAU. I just, I just played at Coast Neck Park and Kellenberg. You want to hear something funny, though? Growing up, it's funny that you just, you was able to put that into to words like that so, so fast. Because I had the best of both worlds growing up playing basketball. Mm. Okay, so like I told you before, before we even started the podcast today, I told you I started off playing, my first AAU team was Lightning, right? few months later, my first team was, like, my first real team was the Gauchos. I told you that. You remember? Yeah. So, mind you, I was so, like, caught up in playing in Long Island, you know, playing, killing those kids and doing all of that. So, wait, now, in that, let's go back before that. Like, before you even say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talk about where you from, where'd you grow up, what did you play? I, well, first, beginning, I, I grew up in the Bronx. Right. Moved from the Bronx, you know. My first, actually, league was uh, playing for the Warriors. Played for the Warriors, and um, we was located in the Bronx. That was one of the, the best tournaments I ever played in. Uh, it was real fun. We played uh, with the hoops down and everything like that. I couldn't shoot for nothing. I probably would dribble for, like, maybe five minutes. <laughs> but I was everybody knew me as the dribbler. That's, just, that's what's so funny. But um, about, like, wait, maybe seven, eight, we moved out to... To Long Island, which was uh, Central Islip. Why did that happen, though? Uh, my little brother was born, uh, Jari. So, you so know, the plan was always to go to Long Island. No, but you know we got a bigger family. You know it was now that it was that was my you no know, my sec my second sibling. Are you sure that your parents 
knew that all along and didn't tell you or you think that oh, that wasn't maybe. the plan? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They never tell me. Yeah. But, you know, once he came along, you know, it was time for us to, get, you know, get a bigger place, try to be in a better environment. You know, the Bronx is getting nasty sometimes, but, you know, for the most part, we was good. We were solid. My, pop, my father was a pastor. We had a church right around the corner from the house. So, you know, we was always good. Everybody pretty much knew us around the community and stuff like that. Um, after that, we moved to, uh, to Hicksville for a year. That was around my seventh, yeah, my seventh grade year. Lived there about a year. And uh, we pretty, after that, we moved to Mastic. That was deep, man. We was out there for a long time, but it was nice living out there. We liked it. We had a nice big, a nice big house. Um, I, that's when I started. To, I went to William Floyd Middle School. And to be honest, people don't even know, I went to middle school with Anthony White. You know who Anthony White is? I don't. Anthony White went to William Floyd. Anthony White was maybe he set a lot of records in that school. He graduated my year. And I'm going to St. Francis. He plays with Team JFK right now in, okay. um, in crunch time. Um, we was the only team in history in William Floyd to ever go undefeated. They retired my jersey. Come on. For real? You have a picture of this? I wish. I can, I can get the number for Coach Nauta for you. He'll let you know, or he'll let you come down. You can go to school. We can go to school together. Yeah, let's go. I don't want to go no, but we could without you. No, I, yeah. I'm like, hey, I was... No, no, I, no, we could definitely do that, but yeah, man, we, was, we went under. How far is Mastic from here? It's about a nice hour, hour, 15 minutes. That's insane. Yeah. Mind you, I was driving... Uh, after I graduated from middle school, I was, you know, I attended St. Dominic's my ninth grade, my freshman year. That drive was serious. You know. Every, oh, you went from Mastic to St. Dom's? Every morning. And then back home was, I mean, especially, so. Back home was. You played, you played varsity, right? No, when actually when you go to Catholic school, any Catholic You got a freshman year. You have to play freshman. But fresh, freshman Catholic league is turned up. It's fire. <laughs> it's fire because I knew you'd like the it's competition fire. It's different You know We got a chance to play Against Christ the King Played against Malloy Played against Severian Bishop Lachlan And you felt like You had, you had help too right Yeah definitely Yeah we definitely had My back court mate was uh, Brandon Williams So you know You know that We used to live in the same house in this During the summertime Spend summers to, summertimes together Waking up 5 o'clock in the morning hitting, in, the, uh, in Hempstead High School Every morning with his father mm. Every morning Every morning, getting it in. Leave his gym. Go to Jerry's. <laughs> Leave Jerry's. Go work out ourselves. Go to team practice. Then we'll ha probably have about three games that day. Yeah, it was serious back then. <laughs> what made you gravitate towards basketball? And when did you, like, realize that you had, like, a gift? And, you know, I'll, I'll say this, too, for just from a referee's perspective. One thing, and it's interesting that the players kind of mirror the way the referees think, a lot of referees are reluctant to referee in the city because I don't want to parallel park my car. I don't want to pay for I. <laughs> but I'm telling you, as a referee, there is no reason why I got better other than me just refing in the city. Mm -hmm. Once I started refing in the city, first of all, PSAL is, is a zoo. Everything is a zoo. No, it's funny. It's a zoo. Because that was my point that I was making before. I was saying I had the best of both worlds. When I was playing with Lightning, I was, you know learning how to be a guard, how to make others better. You know, it was a slow-paced game. But then when I was playing with the Gauchos, I never left playing with the Lightning. I was still mm -hmm. playing with the Lightning. 
But when I was playing with the Gauchos, it was a fast-paced game. You know, they just want to go up and down, 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 press, up and down, up and down, up and down. They don't even really care about fundamentals. They didn't care about if you could shoot the ball or not. All they cared about was you getting up and down, who's the fastest, who's most aggressive, and it's about passing the eye test with them. So being that I had both of those teams, I was able to put both perspectives into my game and really master that. So now, no matter where I am, now nobody can speed me up. I got my own pace now. I got my own pace. So no matter where I'm playing at, whether I'm playing in Long Island where it's slower, whether I'm playing in the city where it's faster, whether I go down south where they're just taller and stronger, and you know what I'm saying, where the game is more simpler, it doesn't matter now because I got my own pace. So that was, that was why I said I had the best of both worlds and playing in the city and playing and being able to play on those two teams starting at you know, 12, 13 years old. It really set the tempo for me and really let me know the difference between, you know, basketball and, you know, not basketball. You know, I really understood the different levels of what it took for me to get to the next level. Well, I'm interested to hear your motive because, like, I've just recently, I feel like I've realized that the city has definitely made me an amazing referee. Like, just as much as the passion that you feel about training for refereeing, that's how I feel about refereeing. Like, it's a craft to me. I take it very seriously. And I want to excel at it at all times. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to go yonder to the city to get the best games because sure. I feel like I'm kind of past that. And I, I, I spent so much time with my family and sure. I like being home. But there's a discrepancy because even if I get Uniondale, it, it might be against a team that's going to get killed. So <laughs> I, I definitely have a good team. Like, I'll give you an example. I ref in this girls varsity basketball league. And who's the best team? Baldwin. They're always, they're like Baldwin. perennial champions, right? Yeah. And Since I was in high school. Listen, I had a great, I had a great game. It was Baldwin versus Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart was not about that life. They just weren't about that life. You know what I'm saying? They, they, just, they just weren't. Couldn't do it. No. Well, Baldwin, I ain't gonna front. The girls been good since I've been in high school. Yeah. Yo, bro, I used to go leave my games and go watch Baldwin girls team. Not because, you know, I was cool with it. Because they were turned up. It's just, yeah. Yeah, they just, and, lit. and the, the coach is like, he's like a, like a, or a conductor. Yeah. He's just like. He was cool. You know what I'm he saying? He was real cool. He was real cool, man. I, I was real cool with the coach. I liked, I liked the system that he did. Um, he was real. He, he, I liked the way he let the girls play. Mm. They get up and down. And they're getting in you. They ain't sitting back playing those zones. Well, they can't afford to because their coach is telling them that the, uh, the cello is up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start playing. It was real in there, man. They was, they, was really, they was really locked in. And the thing about it is because I was, you know, cool with a few of the, a few of the girls on there, I was able to, you know, understand what type of coach he was. Mm. And I, he really used to have them locked in, like locked in. Like them girls would go home and – if they didn't play their best game, they go home, and that's all that's on their mind. That's all we text about is the game. Nothing else, just with the game. And my coach, is, he expects this from me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what he, this is why he's hard on me. Not that, you know, he was so tough on them, but the fact that he expected such a high level from his girls. And what was so amazing is because I would, you know, have a conversation with a girl from there and then maybe have a conversation with a girl from another team. And it's a total different you know, level of coaching. And then it shows why they win every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it shows why they win every year, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm like, so I'm at like year 23. Now I'm at the point where I kind of just know 
the gauges of where my team needs to be game one, game three, game five, game seven, game nine, game 13. I already know like we're, we have like an 80% chance of winning the championship. Like that's <laughs> like, that's how deep I know it because of just how many times I've just done it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I've, and I've sure. been through it. I've been through garbage can to middle of the pack to like, you know, building a program where now I'm at the point where kid is fifth grade. They aspire to play on my team. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be excited to play on my team. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Out of all the levels that you've been able to, to ref at, what is your favorite and why do you say so? If you, you know, if you can judge. You know, I know you ref a lot of games. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I know it's tough. Yeah. But. I, you know, and I just saw a game at crunch time and I was talking to the referees. The, shout out to Max Oliver, Mike Nardone. Those are my boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both college men's officials, but we cool. He's my, he's my favorite reference. Which one? In crunch time. Which one? Um, Max? Yes, sir. He, yo, he's jokes. Yo, he come, into the, he come into the referee locker room and everyone just starts bursting in laughter. Yo. I'm like, I can't ref with you, B. I love him. I can't. Yo, I love him. I love him. He, he refs the game the way it's supposed to be refed. You know, I never, like, and I remember one time he got mad at me last game, right? So watch this. <laughs> so... All right, I'm going to the to the basket. I got about two and ones in a row. So it's getting to the point now where they're not even trying to really guard me anymore. They're just fouling me. So I'm going to the basket. I drop my shoulder on purpose because I know he's fouling me already. So I know I'm going to finish. I have to step on him. So, you know, Max is right there. Right. So it gets to the point where he, like, like rips my shoulder down before I even go up with the layup. So I had to switch hands just to finish the layup. Did it go in? Yes, it did. <laughs> He didn't call a foul yet until it went in. Well, listen. So, but no, I understood why. Mm-hmm. But I, I, at first, I yelled. You know, but I wasn't yelling at him. I got you. So I just yelled. I just yelled. So then he was like, "Come on, Shaq, don't do that." Why you think his timing was wrong though in that moment? To be honest, it could be two things. I've had a lot of refs tell me sometimes they wait to see if the player is gonna. It's gonna, you know, give me. It's gonna be a disadvantage or advantage. That's a and and also that's a, that's a pro theory because, when me and Max ref high school games, mm-hmm. we ref way different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. ref way different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ref a college game. We ref them way, way different. But if we do in crunch time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understood. The people don't want to see the referee class. No, for B. sure, for sure. And I understood that. My only thing was. He called it after I made it because some, you know, somebody else had entered the play and tried to contest the shot, and the foul was on them. So my thing to Max was like, I understand you called the foul, but what you don't understand is this guy almost just pulled my shoulder out of my socket. I get your point. I want you to just, I want you to nip that in the <laughs> bud early because somebody's gonna get hurt. You know what I'm saying? True. If you don't nip it in the bud early, this guy's gonna feel like it's okay for him to just keep doing this shit. You know, P- purely okay. from a referee's perspective. I'll say that when, and I'm, and I'm sure that Max feels the same way when I like think about just your, the tail of the tape. You have, you have such a different, higher standard of level of execution than I would have a normal player. So if you're like off balance and all that, I still think you're in control. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're going to finish the basket. And that's why I would wait to the nth degree if you're going to get it. And I'm sure, and I haven't talked to Max about this, but I just know he's, he's the type of ref that goes like, I see how you play. You can do all this. And this is like, nah, you got you to gotta prove to me that you're yeah, that yeah, person. Yeah. 
So it's like a game to to us to to figure out, like, are you really that good? Like, you should have finished that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, true. They say finish your breakfast, right? Like, the MC say that? You got to finish your breakfast. Everybody's food. One time I refed over there and they called me La Bamba. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's food. So I I wanted to ask you about that freshman experience because I think that, so when I went to Kellenberg, obviously I was supposed to go to Lawrence Road and my parents wouldn't let me. And then I ended up, the way it shaked out was I hated Kellenberg seventh and eighth grade. And then ninth grade, it went from, from eighth grade, it went from like 65 kids to ninth grade to like 600 kids, like all over the place. And meanwhile, there's like this little satellite of 60 kids of like, we know everything about the school because we've been, this is our third year. Mm-hmm. And all these kids are like, oh my God, I don't know where I am. And it's like, <laughs> it, it turned out to be like, wow, there's a lot of girls here. So, and then, but I really think that the crowning achievement, especially like popularity wise, like just like social dynamics in a school is when you make the basketball team, especially in the freshman year. Sure. You make freshman basketball. Sure. Like that's one of my crowning achievements in For high school. Sure. So just talk about that experience and then the season. First, just let me say, St. Dominic's as a whole, I loved the school. It was it was amazing. Um, I got a chance. To, first of all, I knew I was going to St. Dominic's in sixth grade. Uh, that's when I first, well, actually, yeah, like yeah, fifth and sixth grade. That's when I first met uh, Brandon Williams. You know, and we was always around, going to the games, being around his pops, and when he coaches them in summer leagues. So we always knew that, okay, when we, once we get to high school, bro, this is where we're going. We the backcourt, mate. Like, th- that's it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just overall, that experience, just me going, getting ready to go to school, that was just, that was amazing. Uh, but getting into the school, the, since day one, I'm talking about, you know, school start early. We all got, you know, colon eyes and, and boogers, eye boogers and stuff. Since the first conversation, first conversation we have in uh sitting in the cafeteria honestly waiting before homeroom the first conversation is about oh oh he's here oh he's here all we could do was just be excited about um you know all our peers you know really being in school and seeing them every day knowing that we got to be in class with them every day so uh, that right there was just, a, that was the tone setter. Everybody was looking forward to the first workout, first practice. It was amazing, man. Uh, and it's funny, too. Uh, I actually, the day of, the first day of tryouts, I actually returned back from a cruise trip, and I gained 10 pounds on the trip. But that's a different Damn, what, what <laughs> yeah. were you eating? Everything, man. It was everything. But that's a different story, man. That's a different story. But uh, St. Dominic's, man, I love the school, man. That was a great experience. I met a lot of people that I even talk to today. Like, like good relationships, though. You know, people that I don't, have to, I don't have to call every day. You know, but when I do speak to them, it's all love. Like, you know, I know what they're doing. I still follow them on social media and stuff like that. But that school was, was real good. I learned a lot being at that school, too. You know, it was a lot of, you know, mixed, it was a mixed crowd. So it was real good. I learned, it was especially academically. I, uh, that was the best year I ever had academically. Because you were just in tune to, like, the experience of St. Dom's. I loved the school. I was, I was, I was tuned in. I was locked in on what I was For doing. everything, just, yeah. like, the whole experience. I knew what time it was. They have a great concession stand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. And I knew that since St. Dom's camp. They have the best basketball camp, high school basketball camp. I've ever been to for high school in my life. What made it sound like it was fun and hard work? Um, 
the fact that every all the top, they had all the top players come from Long Island to come play. Uh, the thing that made it so in, so fun was their lectures. The lectures they used to have like Antoine Pearson come down, Antoine Agudio, um, you know, a lot of pros. People come down and they do these lectures, and not only are they just talking and lecturing us, but they letting us come up and demonstrate, do drills with them, and just learn and you know learn different drills and see the type of work that these dudes is doing to get to the next level. So me, you know, knowing I'm about to go to St. Dominic's, you know. If, these are players that came here, played under Pav, Coach Pavanelli. Uh, it just really set the tone for me. So me being in that school, man, that was that was really a dope experience. You know, school-wise, like I said, that was the best year I ever did academically. And that was the hardest school I've been to, mm. you know, but that was the best school I've ever been to, you know, friends-wise, relationship-wise, academic-wise, basketball-wise. We know that was good. You know, we got to play against the best competition there was. We wasn't just playing against, you know, the, the Catholic schools from out here. We was playing against all the top uh, Catholic schools from the city, you know, tournaments. It was a it was a real good experience, man. So that was real good. Well, I, what was the season like? Did you guys end up winning the championship? What did we do? We lost in the championship to, I want to say, okay, we beat St. Anthony's in the semis at St. Anthony's. And I think we lost to like Holy Trinity. So Kellenberg was was wash when you played them. Oh yeah, they they was like how many points did you score in my home school? Honestly, like was that weird that you were in Uniondale? No, not really. Because to be honest, when I when I went to St. Dom's, I didn't even know what Kellenberg was. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't nice. even know they existed. Yeah, I have to be honest. But it was pretty nice considering yeah, you didn't like know about school. it, right? You yeah, were like, exactly. what is going so, on yeah, here? You went in some crazy, so. When we did pull up to the campus for the first time, I was so, you know, just happy to be there. You were like, this is around the block from my crib. I didn't even know about this. What? I felt, but it was kind of a bad thing for you guys because, you know, I felt so at home. I probably gave you guys about 40. But, you know. Jesus. Yeah. You guys guys got those soft rims. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was really cooking you. And they had the flags. You remember the flags? Yeah, you guys had those. So they weren't good. Oh, they had a few good players, though. I think my year, um, who do they have? Oh, I think they had Kevin Bowles. I think he was, yeah, he was pretty tough. He was pretty tough. I liked this game. And then he went to Malloy and got real big and strong. And I like this game, too. There. You still play now? I haven't seen him since um, it's in a few years now, man. I used to be at Malloy every day, you know, working out, training with the guys. But uh, I haven't seen him since. But he was, he was tough. He was tough from Kellenberg. He was tough. So as the story goes, um, you end up leaving St. Dom's um, for circumstances outside of your control. Mm-hmm. After that happened, that must have been a jarring experience to like leave something that, like to this day, of how much it means to you. Yeah. We, what was your next step? We was hurt. Um, and at that point, I really didn't have a next step, to be honest with you, man. I was, I was kind of hurt. I was really trying to figure out, you know, was I gonna was I gonna be able to stay? Was I gonna what school was I gonna go to? Was I gonna go to mind you, I told you I was living in Mastic at that time. And before I went to went to St. Dom's, I was really thinking about um going to William Floyd. Just that I was I've been playing varsity with William Floyd since I moved out there. So I was playing seventh grade varsity in the summer leagues and you know, rest in peace to Coach Hodson. And you were still better than everyone. He had me starting in, on varsity in every summer league. Were all the kids mad, game. though? Yes, they was. But, but was, were you a lot better than them? Yes. I mean, 
Like, could they really be mad if you're better than them? Like, how could you be mad if you're better? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? I mean, you can't really be a, you can't really get mad. I think, I think what you can do is. That's got to be annoying for you, no? Yeah, but I mean, I've been dealing with it for a long time now, man. Like, I always played up. I never played in my age group really that much. Unless, you know, I was playing with, you know, with my top team, Gauchos and stuff like that. Because, you know, when you, even when you're playing with those kids, you playing three age groups up. You're playing against a lot of great exceptions anyway. So, but for the most part, I always was playing up. So I always had to deal with a lot of dudes, you know, being mad because I was starting over them playing. But then again, you can't really be upset. It was the love-hate thing. They love me, you know what I'm saying, off the court because, you know, I'm not an idiot. I'm a good guy, you know, I'm humble. So... Off the court, they love me, but when I'm playing on the court, you know, I turn into this animal, and I'm playing, I'm this young kid, and I'm playing, I'm playing three age groups up. Mind you, you sitting on the bench. You know, that will, that will tick you a little bit, but I mean, for somebody like me, I don't think I would be upset. I think that would just really motivate me more. But I'm, I'm certain that, like, during that time, and I'm just interested to hear this because I think, like, basketball is so polarizing in a sense of, like, if somebody's really good and they're young, it's like that phenom thing where mm-hmm. people just kind of like, oh, my God, this kid's only in seventh grade. And you, you probably felt like like a little toy. <laughs> like what, what, it, what was that like to manage that at, at a young age? Um, to be honest, man, I was always I was never a phenom kid. I got to be honest with you. I was always the kid laughed at. I was always the kid uh, that I step on the court. I'm the smallest one all the time. All the time. It was never a time I got a chance to step on the court and, you know, I felt like I, not, not that I didn't feel belong, but I was just always the shortest one on the court. So I got people on the sidelines laughing. My mom is on the sideline talking trash because, you know, people, who's this little kid on the court? Like, why is he here? You know what I'm saying? So I was never really the phenom. I never really, uh, they always put everybody over. But all I did was, you know, that just made me lock in. You know, I started, I locked in. I didn't get ranked. Um, in New York until about ninth or 10th grade, man. I was always the the one that they looked over, man, because just I, didn't, I never passed the eye test, especially playing in the city. I'm, I'm known from being from, from Long Island, so uh, I, always, we always, I always had to carry that stigma of, oh, he's from Long Island, he's soft. I know, I know the feeling. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm so, good for a Long Island ref. Yeah, bro. So I never was, I was always that guy that, uh, you know, they laughed at, which was always good for me because the first three minutes of the game and I done hit three threes on your head, you know, it changes the game now. You know, the sidelines is, they talking, but it's a different talk now. Mm. You know, so I look forward to that. That's why I always think I play better on uh, on away games than I do home games. I love away games. <laughs> I love away games. I loved it because I, I've been, you know, I grew up, always playing, having to play in an environment where everybody's even laughing at me or I'm playing on a team where they think we're going to lose because I'm, I'm the best player on the team, but they don't know that, but I'm the smallest one. So they're looking at our team like, okay. And then we start that game and it get critical. You know, that's, that's what I get the joy from, you know, because I never was that guy that people was, oh, Shaq is here. You know what I'm saying? Only a few people knew, you know, real hoopers that really was playing around, that really that was in the gym with me all the time. They knew what time it was. But for the most part, like I said, because I was coming from Long Island, going to the city all the time, going from playing from state to state, I was really, you know, hooping. 
So, you know, I always had to prove myself no matter what. Even today, I still got to prove myself. It's just crazy. But I still do. After St. Dom's, where was the next move? Uniondale. Um, that was, uh, that had to be it. It's funny because a lot of, not a lot of people know the story. I told you. Not a lot of people told the story, but I was supposed to be in Hempstead High School. Me and Jordan Parks. Lord knows what that would have led to. <laughs> Lord knows what that would have led to. But, you know, they denied me from going. So eventually I was like, ah, right, you know Isn't what? Isn't that weird being denied when you live in Hempstead? Basically, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty upset, man, because I wanted to, me and Jordan was so focused on, you know, that's what it was. We knew playing at St. Dominic's, even though he was one grade ahead of me, that was always the plan. That was always the plan. To go to Hempstead? No, for me and him to play together. At St. Dom's or yeah. wherever. Wherever. That was the plan. So wherever he was, he was living with me. So wherever we, wherever we was, you know, wherever I was going to play, that's what, that's what we had. Our, that's what our dream was. We was going to play high school. So, you know, that was kind of hurting, you know, for him to have to go to Hempstead and then I had to go to, go to uh, Uniondale. But it turned out to be a, a, a good thing. It turned out to be a good thing, man. When they ended up going to Uniondale. And that only came, honestly, because my grandmother lived in Uniondale. So I was able to go there and use her address. So I actually got lucky. Interesting. Interesting. But if, if they're saying, like, the address that you use when you were denied from Hempstead, what school would you have gone to? It, it still would be Uniondale. Uh, if, if it wasn't Uniondale? Yeah. If it wasn't Uniondale, to be honest, man, I probably would end up going to um, Our Savior. American. At Center Reach. Yep. Me and Jordan. We would, would have been the road. I'll save you. Though. Okay, so you always had a plan. Yeah. Talk about your years at Uniondale, especially that uh, undefeated season that ended preemptively. <laughs> well, that's that's last, man. That was senior year, but we're going we gonna to get started with, with the sophomore season. Um, first thing I want to say is um, – I really have to say, I never really got a chance to thank him. I thanked him, but not, you know, not for everybody else to hear like they're going to get a chance to hear right now. But I want to say thank you to Coach Diana. Uh, he didn't have to trust me to do what, he, what I was allowed to do that 10th grade year. You know, especially after, like I said, what, the fifth and sixth game? End up, you know, changing me to the point guard, you know, trust me with the role and really giving me the chance to really step into a role of being who I am. You forced his hand, though. It's not as if, like, he had a choice. And I'm, and I'm only saying that because there's, there's like, a polarizing uh, position in volleyball. It's called the libero, mm-hmm. right? And there was this one season where our libero was also the captain. But there was this one other girl that was, like, all-world in softball. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, she had a knack of the same position of the captain, and she started over the captain. Wow. Because she... She forced our hand. She was just that yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't do anything if they're that good. No, that's true. But, you know, with, with that being said, I think, I think what really um, gave him, you know, trusted him to give me the keys was, you know, I was so poised. You know, being in 10th grade, I think he had, it took him a few games to understand that I had that poise in me. Like he didn't believe that you were that poised. He didn't. He, didn't he thought that was like, that's a fluke. Yeah. That's yes. a fluke. Okay, he did it three times, because, and I'm impressed. Because if you remember, right before the season, Coach D has never seen me play in person. The first time Coach D has ever seen me play in person was maybe a week after I enrolled in Uniondale, 
And remember, I played in that all-star game, and I got the MVP as a 10th grader because I made the, what I made, like, the last four free throws of the game. As a 10th grader, I got the MVP of the all-star, the Nassau over Suffolk game. That was the first I've time. I've that game before. That was a couple years ago, though. The first time he's ever seen me play. Was, so, he, was he shocked the way you were playing? Yes. He was. Was he like, oh. He's totally impressed. Call me in the office the next morning. Let me get a chance to go to the homeroom. You know, call me in the office the next morning and uh, basically let me know what time it was. You know, you're going to varsity. Don't got to worry about all the other stuff that people are talking about. You know, fatty's here, all this other stuff. You don't have to worry about that. You know what you're doing. How did you feel at that moment? Um, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't really know Coach Diana at that point. You know, a lot of coaches tell me a lot of stuff at that time. So, you know, I took it with a grain of salt. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I listened, but you know, at the end of the day, I know he's, he, could, he probably could have been telling somebody else this at the same time. You know, I didn't know. But um, after, that, after that game... I think after that game, he really started to he – did, he understood what type of play he had, but he didn't understand yet, you know, because, you know, that's one game. So it took us a few games. You know, our first few games was kind of like blowouts my 10th grade year where it wasn't close games. So I never was – I wasn't in a position really to be, you know, put in that, that spot where I had to be poised or had to be put in a position where I had to make certain decisions. Not until we played, you know, the fifth or sixth game against that – in that tournament in Brentwood. And um, after that game, we we lost the championship. Got back to practice the next day. Gave me that ball, and that was it, man. So that's one thing I really have to say. I really appreciate that man for you know really trusting me and giving me the stage to really be able to you know be on this podcast today. You know I appreciate you. You know this is all because of you. But I wouldn't be here today if I never was given that platform so early at a young age, so small. You know what I'm saying. So I really appreciate if, you know, if he didn't do anything else, I really appreciate it. No, I, listen, I understand. My, um, my gym teacher, uh, his name was uh, Mr. K. Mm. Old dude. He just kind of, he dropped dead in fifth grade. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we had this like rambunctious guy. His name was uh, Tommy Diana. And I remember my sixth grade teacher, Mr. D. He just was down to do like teach us all this stuff. And he made it fun. He made it hit because he was like a younger teacher. And um, I don't know, like, I, I remember he, uh, one day he let us play in, um, in the playground of Grand Avenue, play basketball, and he was into it. Yeah. And we were like, coach us, like, like we want to play, and, and he made it happen. And, you know, I'll never forget that. I, I, I'll never forget that. I remember when I was still a lowly ref, I would scrimmage, and I would, I would call him up, and I would mm-hmm. tell him, like, can I? And he was just like, I can't believe, like, after all these years, you're still involved in the game, because... It's not like I saw him during my high school years. Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't like Facebook time or Google. So it was like <laughs> you disappear for 25 years and then all of a sudden I pop up as a ref. Like he was cool. He appreciated that. But then when I moved up to varsity, he's like, um, congratulations. I can't wait to yell with you. Mm. I said, what, what's that mean? Yeah, what is I, I, I didn't I didn't know what that meant. But then one day my assignment calls me up and says, like, I know you, you're open. Um, I got a game for you. It's Uniondale. And I'm like, cool. Mm. Like, finally, I'm like, I finally get to the, go to the big stage. And then she's like, it's against Oceanside. Now, mm. one thing about Oceanside, um, there's this kid that I used to be, uh, my roommate, mm-hmm. and um, in college. His name was Joe. 
Yo, he was like my my beer beer pong partner. Like he would kill it. And um he ended up becoming the, the, the varsity coach at Oceanside. So I'm 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 reffing against my my gym teacher. Right? My gym teacher. And I'm reffing against my, my roommate. And both of them were just like I don't know. They they just they were both acting like they put it. I'm not even gonna go what Mr. D said to me, <laughs> but I, I'll just say that um, he definitely was acting like he did. Like I'm so much better going to the city, uh-huh. and I don't know nobody. So that way, I'm just like I don't even care what you're saying. When it's somebody that's like you've known since sixth grade, it's not fun. But at all, my college roommate was like, "Yo, I'm gonna text you later. I'm gonna show you how you messing up." And I'm like, "Bro, we played beer pong together. Why are you talking to me like yeah, that?" But they didn't care. I, I was a ref at that moment. So it was, no, it was interesting. Bro. But, um, you know, talk about just leading at that point. After the sixth game, what was it like leading Uniondale High School the Knights? Oh, uh, I got to be honest, man. It was like the world was on my shoulder at that point. That band makes it feel like the world is it on your shoulder. the world's on my shoulder. And it was, I embraced it. I loved it. You liked the band? I loved every moment of um, all That the band pressure. is crazy. That too. I loved it. I loved everything. What really, what 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 it really was was. Um, Were you happy that the school was like pro basketball too? It was pro basketball. It was pro track too, though. Yeah, for real, <laughs> for real. And to be honest, they was they was really pro football. True. Even though the football team wasn't the greatest, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they was really pro football. It was like everybody was popping out for those football games. You know, it took until. You know, they had to realize who they had playing on that basketball court. That's when every game was, you know, if he wasn't at a Uniondale home game, you know, 45 minutes before tip-off, he probably wasn't getting in. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I love Uniondale, man. That was, it was some good, some good time. A lot of pretty girls, too, man. Oh, man. I, I hated that the Uniondale kids would always go to my school and try to poach. Like, the girls that were at my school, I'm like, bro, you go to, like, you have the life that I always wanted. Like, stop poaching the girls that are at my school. Yeah, man. You know, these, these guys, they want everybody. <laughs> they want everybody, you know. But you're not, you're trying to get me in trouble. No, no, no. I'm not even trying to get you in trouble. I'm just trying to <laughs> no, talk about, like, when I was in high <laughs> no, school. I just play with you. But, no, nah, high school was dope. And the, the funnest thing about uh, Uniondale and playing you know, just being a union, being able to be a Uniondale Knight was, they really was prideful with every, in everything they did. I don't care if it was, uh, they had like a step team. They had everything that you can imagine. Swim team, tennis team, everything. They, you know, I don't care who the coach was, you know, or whoever, you know, whatever team it was, they took that drink to heart. I'm talking about they was blood, sweat, and tears. I'm a knight. We got to make sure we good because we go to Uniondale. And I'm like, up front, that kind of really, it kind of helped me in a lot. Like, I always had the motivation to work hard and go hard in the gym. Like, we'll touch on that. You know, I'll wait for you to, to get in there. But, you know, as far as my, my workout routine and, you know, really working out, understanding that, you know, you playing for something bigger than you just, just your name. Mm. I understood that early. You know, I understood that early, and I wanted to take that that role on my shoulders. To when you think about Uniondale, first thing that come in your name that come to mind is the Shack, and that's what I wanted to leave. You know, whether it's true or not, but that's what I wanted to be able to to, 
to leave, you know, before I left. So you felt the weight together. of your legacy that while you were there in real time? For real, for real. Wow. It was serious. Like, I'm talking about, I was getting death threats. I'm talking about since 10th grade. Death threats after, from either school ever we played. I'm talking about, you know, people bothering my parents. Parents walking in the bathroom with my mom, you know, talking, talking trash to them. Sending, you know, saying all types of crazy stuff to them. You know, I'm talking about, and this, this has been since 10th grade year, so you can only imagine how it was once I got to 12th grade year. I'm averaging a triple-double. It was, it was serious, you know, it was real bad. I felt bad for some of the stuff that my, my family had to go through. But at the end of the day, they understood, you know, what time it was. So they understood it. That's what came with their son being, you know, who, who I am. You know, being in the gym, you know, you get rewarded. But at the end of the day, if you even though you you know you're getting rewarded and you're good, it comes with a lot of stuff. Yeah, it comes with a lot, and yeah. I, and I understood that early, man. I was going through a lot, bro, like a lot, like friends, you know, being in school, having to be you know a popular kid, but you know you got other kids on the team who was there before me in in Uniondale. Remember, I'm not from Uniondale, so I'm dealing with. You know, yeah, the, basketball popularity is different, and not being from Uniondale is also different. It was, you know, what I'm saying. So I was dealing with a lot of, even though I had the popularity, but it was a lot of in-house stuff going on. You know, for people that they had dreams of being, oh, this is supposed to be me. You know, I mean, they could work as hard as you know. They could have, but they just did, man. I was my schedule was kind of crazy, man, and I always invited people, my teammates, to the gym. Yeah, and listen, they they. They probably didn't want to admit it in real time, but they weren't ready to work out the way you were working out. Nobody was ready for that. No. I, I mean, I can already tell just from the, the type. I'll tell you, like, a trick at Kellenberg, I, had, I always had like a 92, 93 average. Now, the difference between 92 and 93 and the kids I went to school with that had like 97, 98, 99, mm. we're talking about 15 hours. <laughs> like, you're telling me that I only dropped six points 15 less hours. I'm talking about I'd rather play video games. I'd rather chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't ready for that type of, like, intensity. Yeah, man, my, my, my dad set the tone. I got to be honest. You know, a lot of people ask, Yo, how's your dad doing? My dad is good. But my dad really set the tone for me at an early age. A lot of people ask me, even to this day, Yo, I, I just put up 500 jump shots. Is that good? I'd be like, you got to ask your own self that question. I'm going to just tell you what I used to do. My first 500 jump shots, my first 500 shots made, period, since I was 12, was with a heavy ball. Four pounds. My first, and I'm not talking about shots put up. I'm talking about made. Right? And this is mid-range. So five, after 500 made mid-range, I'm going ball handling with the heavy ball. Everything I do with the heavy ball, I do with the regular basketball. Throw those down. All the shots I took with the, with the heavy basketball, those first 500 I made, I'm taking those all over again with the regular basketball. How many shots is that now? Made. That's 1,000 made right. already. Right? This kid just asked me, I put up, he said, I put up 500. That's not the same. It's not. That's still a lot, though. Like, that's way more than I'm willing to do. Yeah, facts. For sure. That's for sure. sure. That's a lot. For sure. But that goes to show you 
That's why I be trying to tell kids it's levels. Right. It's levels. So if you want to be a great shooter, right? You want to be a great shooter. See, you got me about to be in my bag now. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready but, for it. But if you want to be a great shooter, you have to be willing to put the time in. Mm. Right? So you can't be that guy that come in the gym or go outside and the first shot you start putting up is threes. I see it every day. Every day. Nine out of ten times, I see a kid go in the park or I see a kid go in the gym. And the first shot he takes is from the three-point line. And I ask myself, why is he doing that? Why are you doing that? You're not doing anything. Well, what about... So I'm just playing devil's advocate. Go ahead. Somebody like Steph Curry. Right. That's a high percentage shot for him. Right. Now I'm talking about like ninth grade Steph Curry. And if he was doing that, would you feel the same way? Yes. Because you're practicing bad habits. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you're playing, what level you're playing on. Steph Curry is able to do what he's able to do right now because Steph Curry put in the work. If you're not putting in that type of work, that shouldn't be your first shot. If you're shooting 25% from the three-point line, I don't care what age group you are or how old you are, that should not be your first shot. It shouldn't be. That's why I tell any kid, your first... That's why I tell whenever I tell them how many shots I take, I take 500 with the heavy ball. Those are all mid-range made. You still do that now? Yes. With, with the time, mind you, I'm training, coaching. Do you feel like I'd get into shape refing if I went to Shack Attack Academy? For sure. I'm talking about refing. No, for sure. Even if I did just basketball stuff. No, for sure. For sure, man. Let me tell you, my dad is still it to me early, bro. He really locked it into me that, you know, when I'm asleep, somebody else is working. So it's up to me to really, what am I going to do to separate myself from the rest of the thousands of kids that's trying to get, what, 3,200 scholarships a year? It's 3,200 scholarships given a year. How many, it's 3,200 kids in Uniondale. Mm-hmm. But it's 3,200 scholarships, Division I scholarships given a year. And these kids is, is wasting their time going to, the, to, going to the park, going to the gym, and their first shot is a three-pointer when they don't even shoot threes. They don't even shoot threes when they're playing with their team. But their first shot is a three-pointer. That doesn't make any sense. You don't even see Steph do that. Yeah, you're right. He gets in a rhythm first. Unless it's wide open, unless no, no, no. it's completely I'm, wide open. No, but what I'm saying is in his workouts. Oh, you know, in his right, routines. Right, right. Those are oh no, he does exactly. Does chippies? Exactly. So if you see Steph, the greatest shooter, to walk to doing chippies, then that means there's something to it. Clearly. <laughs> Why do you think that you should be practicing half court shots? Because that's all they see. They don't see the regular season. You know what I'm saying? Right. They see the. They see the. Right, right, but that's my and result. No, but right, but that's my but that's my point. If you want to be a good shooter, you're gonna do the things that you need to do to be a good shooter. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna keep practicing bad habits. You're not gonna keep doing these these crazy things that these kids is doing. You know, it's 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 bad. Any kid I see in a park, I will fix it. I will fix their jump shot in a minute. I don't have to get paid for that. I don't need satisfaction. My satisfaction is knowing that this kid is going to go home and he's going to practice this, what I just showed him, and hopefully he gets a jump shot by tomorrow. Because mm. that's what I really be doing, bro. 
I can change somebody's jump shot in five minutes. It's all mechanical. Okay, help me, man. Help me. It's mechanical, bro. It's all mechanical. When you shooting, bro, it's, it's, it ain't nothing. I'd be interested to see if you thought I'd be good. Like, like, well, well, yeah, well. We can get into that too. I don't know, man. Because <laughs> I'm, 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 um, I'm like the lead coordinator at Lifetime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, you want to play? I'm like, never, because I don't, I ain't trying to get hurt. But I'm you. like, you know what? I just want to see if I could kill them. Like, I just want to see it. Yo, you'd be surprised what you could do if you locked in. That's right. You lock in. You could do whatever you want. So around the same time that you were in high school still, I had this like weird team inexplicably because they were kind of like middle of the road the year before. They just messed around and was like undefeated all the way. And we lost in a championship game. And it was the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever experienced. And that's probably similar to your senior year. I want to know <laughs> what that season was like because it was 98% all wavy and then it you went there. didn't go the way you wanted it to. Yeah, you went there. All right. So senior year was, um, that was honestly a revenge year. Uh, I have, I just came back from prep school. I visited a prep school. I visited a prep school while I'm at the prep school. I had, I'm not even going to say friends, but associates, a few teammates of mine going back to the coach saying, oh, Shaq transferred out of school. So when they started saying that, you know, I don't know what, what orders, what procedures took place, but basically I wasn't enrolled in, in Unido anymore. And mind you, I wasn't, I never took myself out of school. All I did was went to go, I went to live, leave out of state and I did go visit the school. Went to go see, first of all, it was for a post-grad year. It wasn't for this year. So, you know, I went, you know, I visited the school and stuff like that. So it happened to be, they called me, called my coach, Coach D called me. So make a long story short, I came back home. Uh, I had to miss the first two games of the season. Mind you, this is my senior year. I didn't want to miss. Every game is precious. Yeah, I need it all. This is, this is the end. I wasn't signed. Wasn't signed to a school. Uh, was recruitment heavy at the same time or no? Yeah, I had, I had real good schools at this time. What the problem was, you know, grades, which we can get to, get into, you know. Uh, but I had a lot of, a lot of recruiting at this time, but... My focus at this point was uh, going, going, coming back to Uniondale. You know, I had a lot. I felt like I had a lot to prove. I had a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know." Remember, I, I told you I went to Lincoln my eleventh grade year. So I had right. a lot of people saying, "Oh, you couldn't play in the city." A lot of people didn't even really know what happened with that situation. But of course, a lot of people was gonna, you know, speculate, which is cool. So I have really had a lot of uh, stuff on my mind. Really wanted to go into that year and really show people, you know, that. You know, I'm, I'm here. You know, no matter where I'm playing, I deserve to be playing at, you know, a Division One school or Division Two school, wherever it was. I deserve to be playing at a high level because this is what I'm doing. So I had to miss the first two, first two, first two or three games. My first game back uh, was a TV game against, uh, I don't know if you remember, Kendrick Ray. Went to Middletown. He plays, he's a pro right now, about 6'4". Played the, played the one for them, and we was being recruited by Quinnipiac University. Both of y'all? Both. 
both of us. And my coach scheduled that game just because of that. So, you know, Quinnipiac was in the house. Uh, before the game, everything was cool. I was chilling at home, you know, in my own zone, like I'm always in, putting my headphones on. My brother, older brother, just said something, something crazy to me. Like, just to get underneath my skin. Mind you, we was just chilling together, all laughing, joking around before the game. And just said something. And it just got under, got up under me. I went into the game with that. It just carried with me as I walked into the game. I didn't say anything to anybody. Mind you, the gym is packed. Got my headphones on. Everybody's speaking to me. Shack, shack. I'm just, I'm locked in. Get into the game. <laughs> Yo. I don't think I missed a shot. I think that was probably like, probably one of the best games I've ever played in my life. I made every right, I didn't have one turnover. Not that I made, ever made a lot of turnovers, but I didn't have one turnover. I probably had about eight rebounds, probably like 11 assists, and had like 27. And it wasn't even about my stats. It was really about, I, pl- I guarded him the whole game. You know what I'm saying? He had about, what, 23? But he shot about, like, four for 27. I did my job. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't even about the points. It was about how I defended him and how I played the game. Like, I didn't make no mistakes. Every every move I made was uh, was was valuable. I either scored, assisted, got the rebound, steals. It was just like everything was just so perfect that game. And after that game, that really set the tone for me. Like, yo, I can't play a game and not look like this. I just did this against a D1 guard. He was already committed. I cannot go, I can't play another game and and not play like this. I set the tone, man. <laughs> I set the tone. Every game I played with that same mentality, that kept that same. That Doesn't same. matter what the competition <laughs> nope. is. Didn't care. Everybody got it, bro. Everybody got it. And what, what kept me going was my dad was always saying to me, um, you have to stand out. What are you going to do different? How are you going to look different than everybody else playing and you playing in Long Island? You know, lot, lot, not a, no schools is coming out here. No schools is coming out here. You're right. Unless you, unless you get aggressive in scheduling unless, it. Unless you're doing Unless you're yeah. playing schools like... You know, city schools, those schools are coming out here for, to watch you play against. And also it's like a novelty stuff. because like not always, like they'll do it for Shamana because they just have long withstanding yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. But um, for the most part, you'd have to be like, you know, have like a like an outer world talent yeah, yeah, yeah. to say like, oh, you're worth playing. Yeah, yeah, this like, has to be worth it yeah, for them. Like the only reason why I had, you know, schools coming to watch me play was mostly because of AAU. You know, I was playing on real good AAU teams and I was doing my thing out there. So... They ha- they wanted to follow me, so but they wasn't coming to every game. They wasn't about to come to watch watch me play against Madison Pico, where I averaged. I never had a game under forty. You know, Syosset never had a game under forty against them. You know, what's say, the most points you've ever scored in a game? Uh, like in the books? Yeah, in the books, like an official game. Sixty-five. You feel like you can do more? Or do you feel like you don't have enough time? To be honest, uh, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. Because like, I feel like if you're scoring 100 points, like you're deliberately trying to score fast because you, you just don't have enough time. All right, so you want to hear... Because it's like 32 minutes. Like you don't have enough True. time. 
well, when I had that sixty five, because you you didn't even, you didn't even I don't even think you really know. I went to prep school after you and Dale. So when I went to prep school after you and Dale, my second game we was playing against a Division One junior college. Mind you, I'm doing a post grad year. We played so you could play against junior colleges. You could play against whoever you want. We played against O'Keele that year. We played against I played against Terry Rozier that year. Hargraves smoked us, but we played against them. But that game I had 65. We was playing against a Division One junior college. I had 13 points in the first half. I didn't even know I was over 35 points until I was in the free throw line, and one of the coaches was like, "Yo." You got 47. I was, I swear to you, it's like, I didn't have a lot, I had a lot of games over 40. I got a, I got a few 50 games. So that's all regular to you? Mm, I wouldn't say regular, you know, but. But I'm saying you know what it takes to get to that point. Yeah, for sure. You know what it feels like. Yeah, for sure. You know where you need to be by the time it's the second quarter. Yeah, for sure. Like, and to be honest, you really feel it because it's like, all right, it's all about it's, it's about the energy in the game. So if you're playing against dudes and they letting you get, like, layups and stuff like that, you know it's lit. Like, sometimes I'm just hot, so I may have a 40-point game because I hit, like, eight, nine threes. It don't necessarily mean it was easy. I make it look easy because I'm going to get the shots that I want. But it don't necessarily was easy, though. But I'm, I'm being efficient with it. But it's a difference than if you got a guy that's coming out there taking 40 shots, trying to – I'm not doing all of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting to my spots, doing what I need to do. Because I know, I know how to play the game. I've been doing this for a long time now. I've been played against a lot of defenses. You know, I be, I be trying to tell these kids all the time, like, bro, you know how fortunate y'all are to be able to play against a man-to-man defense in high school basketball? Mm. I haven't played against a man-to-man defense in high school basketball since 10th grade year. So towards the end of, like, <laughs> that year when you were undefeated, it, it just sounds just your mentality was like you – we're not going to be denied. Nah. But the thing is, like, how does it get to the point where, you know, you get to the point, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're, you're fairly confident in the championship game against Baldwin. Yeah. Um, what was your recollection of that game? Yeah, man. To be honest. Does it still eat at you? I mean, it eats me because I, I, I hate it. It eats at me because I hate losing. That's the only reason why it eats at me, because I just hate losing any game that I know I was supposed to win. But at the end of the day, I can't really be upset because, you know, we didn't lose that game. You know, like I, you know, I, I look at, I, I was, I cried when I lost my 10th grade year. You know, the refs didn't cheat us. They gave us a fair shot. Even though we Y'all just didn't win. We just didn't win. Why didn't you win that game? We was down seven. I'm sorry. Excuse my my language. We was down three. Damn. With 49 seconds, maybe 49 or 53 seconds left. And I don't want to say names because I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to blame anybody. No, no, no. Somebody had the ball. I'm already up at the three-point line waiting to receive the ball. Now, the guy that's already down the court with me that's on Hills, on, that's on Hills West is in the paint. So you know what I'm about to do if you throw that ball up to me. I'm not going in the paint. It's a three ball. It's a tie game. Instead of him throwing the ball up, somebody stepped in front of him. He tried to cross over. Mind you, he hasn't went left all season. Tried to go left. Ref calls a carry. Was it a carry? 
Clearly. It was a carry. So you, were, you weren't mad at the ref. You were mad at... No, I was mad at... at yeah. She just, just gave the ball up. She just gave the ball up. First of all, it was two of us down there. She just gave the ball up. And, you know, so it was, it's 40 seconds left now. So they score. We come down, try to score. We miss. Got a foul now. So the game went from a three-point game now to, like, seven to nine-point game. So we ended up losing by 11. You know what I'm saying? So... I was more hurt that we lost that game because that was a fair game. We we could we we really get we had a chance uh, we had a chance to win that game. Senior year, we was undefeated. They waited until we got into a championship game. Now, this is on a podcast, so you know people could go look this up. I want y'all to go see how many Baldwin refs they had. <laughs> I don't have anything against Baldwin. I I'm from Baldwin, man. I, I love Baldwin people. This is not a, this is not against Baldwin. This is against whoever set this up. Just thought it was home cooking. Yeah, whoever set this game up, right? I don't know no rest from Baldwin other than like me. They had uh, oh man, I don't want to say anybody's. Yeah, I, we'll we'll talk about that off yeah. here. But let's just but, say you you thought that it was. It was about even if I'm if I'm wrong, it's the most is two. Two out of the three refs was from Baldwin. But, but was it a situation where you were like, did they call fouls that just weren't existing? It just, it got, the first half was, was cool. First half was cool. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get to the free throw line, but it was like, we expected that. Like, it was an aggressive game. They was playing me like a triangle and two by Jesus. myself. Yeah, just fouling me, just face guarding me, then got somebody at half court, then just got the three other people just sitting in the zone, not guarding nobody really. So just trying to get the ball in my hands. But uh Yeah. This it didn't stuff didn't get crazy until the second half, man. They can look up the stats. I think Bowen maybe made just so, you know, I'm safe. On record, they didn't make no more than four field goals, four or five field goals for the second half. But you check the free throw, they shot thirty six free throws. That's a lot of free throws. 36 free throws. I shot two free throws. I only, I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. You normally shoot like seven, right? You look like a seven type of guy. Maybe. It just, it depends. But it's the fact that what defense they was playing. I'm not calling a lot of like, fouls on you. No, no, no. It's, I don't expect them. But if you got, okay, first of all, you're playing ball when they're playing aggressive defense anyway. But then they're triple teaming me because they can't guard me. Like double teams can't guard you. No, they tried it all season. I still had twenty-seven. We lost, but you know what I'm saying one man can't beat five. Well, plus two, can't beat one on seven. So it's impossible to do that. But when a team hits four or five field goals, you know you don't really have a chance to win a game. If yeah. You, if you, the game was maybe three and a half hours. Unless something is awry. You don't have a chance to you don't have a chance to win a game, man. We shot two free throws for the game. And they shot thirty six. It's just we didn't have a chance to win the game. So I couldn't really be upset at that. I was more upset at the fact that we had a perfect season and lost that way. More than the fact that we, we lost in the championship. Mm. Like you know You didn't cry. No. I actually went to go play in the AAU game that night <laughs> and had forty. Jesus. Oh, shout out to Coach Hank and B.J. Williams. We played at a Freeport Rec that night. Played in the tournament right after the game. 
So you weren't even hurt? Nope. All right, so life after Uniondale, you're going to, to college. What, what's uh, your next step? Uh, well, actually, I didn't go to college. I went to prep school. I attended uh, Mount Zion. That was a great, great situation for me. Everything was working out cool. Um, to be honest with you, I had some personal situations that I, I had no control of, really. So I had to end up leaving that situation and going to uh, Kingdom Prep. And at that time, I honestly thought it was the best situation for me because um, we had played Kingdom Prep while I was at Mount Zion. And it was a crazy game. It was at our tournament. You know, everybody was there. Kill Carl was there. Everybody, all the coaches was there. It was a fire tournament. And it was great competition at the time too, every right? Every time, yeah, every game. It was great competition. But um, we ended up playing, and uh, we lost to Kingdom Prep. Mm -hmm. Lost to Kingdom Prep. So at this time now they're like 16th in the country. 60, yeah, 16th in the country at this point. 16th in the country. So as they're 16th in the country, I'm thinking like me going to the situation. I'm like, okay, this is good. Uh, but it wasn't, bro. We wasn't. We didn't. Uh, we didn't attend. We didn't attend class. Uh, we didn't. Um, it was a lot of stuff that I, I thought you know was real, and it just really wasn't. You know, we was playing a lot of basketball, but we wasn't really attending class and stuff like that. So I was being honest about what was going on, you know. So uh, it got to the point where it was late in the season, man. Like, I'm sorry, late in the school year where everybody's pretty much done with school. It's the last SAT test. And uh, at this point, I'm verbally committed to Auburn University. I come home because, you know, rest in peace to, I don't even want to, you know, talk about her name, but I had an ex-girlfriend and, you know, rest in peace to her, but her mom's died. I came back home for a funeral, missed a few basketball games. The coach, I got upset because I missed a few basketball games, bro. I missed a few basketball games. I came back home. Let me tell you how crazy these coaches are. I came back home. I missed a few basketball games because somebody died close to me. And I came back to school ready to take an SAT test. And the coach pulled my ticket to take the SAT. So I was never given the chance to, to qualify for Division One basketball. Damn, man. I never got a chance to, to qualify for Division One basketball. So after I, you know, the, the next, this was the following morning after I arrived back in Atlanta. You know, I came, only came back to take the SAT. Arrived back after I found out I wasn't able to take the SAT and call my peoples. I was on the next flight back to New York. Had to make a decision now, you know. So the only decision at this point is junior college. So that's when I decided to go to Mohawk Valley, which is uh, upstate New York, about five, five and a half hours away. And uh, it was a good school. It wasn't a bad situation. I was, you know, All-American as a freshman, averaged about 25 Shot about 50% from three. It was crazy. It was a good situation. It's just uh, a lot happened that year, man. I had my son, my first son, actually, was born that year. So, you know. What year was that? 2013. When, when's his birthday? His birthday is December 23rd. 2013. Yes, sir. My son was February 1st, 2013. So they're around the same age. See, the way. My son don't play ball, though. He, he plays internet. See, your son. February 1st. My second son, Kobe, his birthday is February 1st. 
See? Look how God worked. <laughs> Does that burn you that you weren't able to fulfill Division One and play that competition? No. Because I know I know who I am. I know what I've been through. I know my story. Um, I got a great supporting cast. My mom, my little brother, my older brother, my brothers in general, my family, you know, uh, my kids, you know, my baby's mothers, you know, which is my girl. My first baby mother, you know, she does what she can, but she's still a supporter in her own way. But um, with that being said, uh, no, I always felt, you know, you know, everybody goes through it. You know, I still have those days where I'd be like, yo, I should be, I should have been playing here. I should have been doing this. I should, but at the end of the day, I got to keep it real with myself and understand the stuff that I've been through. Not a lot of people could go through what I go through. I was going to say, man. still be here. You've, um, you've done so much more thrilling accomplishments in basketball than I ever could. You know, so like perspective of saying, you know, you didn't, you didn't go to Division One or you're not in the NBA, but at the same time, I've never done what you did and nowhere near at all. And I would love to, to do what you've done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It's just, I've just been blessed, bro. I put a lot of time into what I do. I've been blessed to have two parents that always came to my games. You know, always came to my games. Like, always came to my games. Bro, my parents used to argue about whose game they was going to, whether they was going to my games or my older brother's games because they wanted to come to my games so bad. You know what I'm saying? So you got that supporting cast. You know, you're willing to do anything you can to try to make sure that you put yourself in a position to give back to them all the things that they, right. you know what I'm saying, that they did for you. So, you know, when things didn't go how it was supposed to go for me, that was what would hurt the most because, you know, I wanted to be able to show them, like, you know, all the time that y'all, that y'all invested in me wasn't a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? But with that being said, me going through everything I've been through and doing what I'm doing now and still being able to be strong, having two kids, taking care of my family, you know, having a roof over their head, I can't really be, you know, upset about really anything. I'm still able to give back to the youth. I'm still able to teach, train, which I love to do. I love to sit here and talk about basketball. I can sit here and talk all night. I saw that. You, see, you didn't realize that I was like a basketball junkie the way I am. Yeah, like I could talk about basketball all I day. I see bro. that. I see that. Like, all day. This is just what I love to do, bro. Just, I wake up, I watch basketball videos, and the same way I, I am is, is what I'm giving back to the youth. And I think that's just what, you know, I think regardless of whatever I've been through, I think that's maybe why I haven't reached where I wanted to go. Because I feel like God got something different for me. Yeah. Listen, you, you still got a lot left. And I'll say that even though my basketball career didn't work out really, I mean, the second act of refereeing, I mean, it's like the thrill of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get subbed out. And I got to make some critical calls. And I, no, for sure. I enjoy being the villain of, of people like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, no, I know what I'm talking about. You for just sure. don't even know how much I'm controlling it. But, you know, just talking about how, you know, in a way, it, it, it might be a mission statement because you see that you have a knack of, you know, kind of really scientifically breaking down basketball. And I know that the manifestation of that is Shack Attack Athletics. Um, just talk about the, the just coming up with that. And then also your event, Terrence Brown, um, that fundraiser that you did uh, this past week. Uh, well, first, let me touch on the t uh, Terrence Brown. I want to say rest in peace to Terrence Brown. He's my long-lost friend, man. Uh, he lost his life a few years ago. But um, 
his mom had called me, you know, it's crazy because I was thinking about her just a few days prior because I was having a conversation with somebody, you know, about the situation that happened with Terrence. And when she called me, it was like I got chills. I didn't know what, what the reason was, you know. So when she called me and she started explaining to me about, you know, what her plan was and, you know, how she felt like she wanted me to do, you know, this tournament for T. Brown and do, you know, something for the community. But it's crazy because I already had been trying to put something together for him. So it was just like, it was kind of scary for, you know, for me because I already had been trying to plan something. So for her to call me at the time and that she did, it was just like, it was crazy. So, you know, she told me, you know, what, she, what her plan was. And I was like, all right. Originally, she didn't have a gym. She didn't have a place she wanted to do it at. Every place, you know, because of COVID was telling her no. She had to have a limit on how many people she can have. And just to have it be, um, I just was given the gym that I train at now every day. And with that being said, the dude allowed me to be able to run, you know, God willingly run the event that I want to do for Terrence Brown in the gym. So, uh, yeah, man, with the with the event going the way it was, you know, that was amazing. A whole bunch of people from Uniondale came out, people from Queens, people from Brooklyn came out and uh, – Played when I had I had four four men's teams. I had two two women's uh, two women teams, and to be honest, the women's the women's game was fire. Yo, Bria's I, nice, son. Yo, she did her thing, man. Bria, Bria's a dog, son. Yo, she's she plays crazy. like Kyle Lowry. She's crazy. She plays like Kyle Lowry. I hope she. How about Mary? This. Is it Mary crazy? Yo, she's the goat. Her Snoop. I want to give a shout out to all the girls. I want to give a shout out to all the girls, man, that pull up to the game. All the goats. Y'all know who y'all goats are. Mary, Snoop, Bree, all y'all. Y'all did y'all thing in that game. And if it wasn't for y'all, man, I wouldn't be able to make that event happen without y'all. So I want to say thank y'all for real for coming down and really, really putting it down the way y'all did. That was dope. That was dope, man. They did their thing. Mm. The whole event, man, was fire, man. Everybody's, the energy, the vibe. Everything went smooth. We was out the gym at the time that we needed to be out the gym. Everybody came, supported, sold out on the food. Everybody, uh, we had a lot of donations and stuff like that. That was wonderful, man. I was just, you know, more, I was just, like, really thankful for the fact that she really wanted, you know, she came to me and asked me to do something for her son. And it really turned out to be really good. And it was, I can't wait to do it next year, man. So I just, I want to shout out to everybody that, that came through and helped me with that, with that event. I appreciate everybody, man. This second act of you training kids and still like concurrently playing, if you had to pinpoint, what do you like more? Do you think it's your love of playing basketball has been superseded by training? Or do you think you don't know, you still like to, to play ball more? To be honest with you, man, you know, all my kids that know me know I'll keep it a stack, keep it a hundred. I would never love to do anything more than playing basketball. You know, I love, now with that being said, I love to give back to kids. I love to give to gyms. And because of the reason that I love to play basketball so much, bro, it's like, I'm, I'm 27 now. My way of, you know, playing basketball and being happy and, you know, feeling like I'm, like I'm doing something good is, giving these kids all I have. Like, that's all I want to do at this point is give what I have to these kids because they deserve it. They need it. 
they deserve it, and I want to give it to them, man. It's a lot of stuff that I've been through that these kids could use, and they need to understand that they don't have to take the same routes as me. They don't have to take the same routes as some other people that they've seen or grown up in their neighborhood. They don't have to do that stuff, man. They can focus, lock in, understand what it is in this world, and understand that you, you know, don't let basketball play you. You know what I'm saying? People, these kids have to understand. I teach all my clients and these kids to understand that you got to use basketball as a tool to get all you using basketball to do is get a free education. That's it. Because at the end of the day, you got a lot of these parents. You got to know that you're in the NBA early. No, for sure. Because at the end of the day, you want to let your parents know this is your you getting a scholarship to school, whether it's Division One, Division Two, whatever the case may be. You getting in the school for free is showing that you're showing your parents your appreciation. You know what I'm saying? Showing that you, that you're thankful for them taking you to all their practices, your games. You know that was my. So me trying to get that scholarship. That was for them. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Of course I want to do it for myself because I love to hoop, and I have goals that you know it's in my mind, but. I was really hooping because I wanted to make my parents proud. I wanted to let them know, like, yo, y'all not wasting your time coming to see me play. I'm not just out here getting 50 for no reason. I'm not just out here killing my I don't know anybody that can get 50 for no reason. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you think about it, I really do. No, well, it's called unmolested <laughs> defense. That's what that's called. That's called like, bro. Let's okay. We're gonna we're gonna do it a little different tonight. Because we're gonna call three goony goon goons right, and bro. use all of those five fouls. I want to see how frustrated you're gonna get. Okay. And then you go like, and I still scored thirty seven. Yo, it's not a defense that I didn't play against that I didn't play against. How about three goons ready to do flagrant twos? Ready. Go watch the Farmerdale game where we got we was in the news. We was in the news because we got into a fight. Because they were trying to clobber you. Yeah, they called in three players that never that didn't play all season and just just hit you with it. Put them in the game. Did you do an and one? No, I didn't even get a shot up. Oh wow. Yeah, he hit me twice going up, and then when I got on the floor, he elbowed me in my face, and that was it. Um, my father ran in the court, benches benches cleared. Uh, everything was it was over. After you got that. ejected. No, no, no. What they did was they kicked out all the fans. But listen to this. So they had kicked out all the fans, but still wanted me to play. So, you know, my parents was like, wait, hold on. If y'all want Shaq to play, I'm staying. So they let my whole family stay in the game. So they were the only ones there? That's it. Sounds like the Tokyo Olympics. That's it. <laughs> That's it, because it wasn't going to go down any other way. My parents was like, nah, he's going home. That's so interesting. And then come to find out after the game, I go to the hospital. I had a concussion. I, every each game I played Farmerdale, my senior year, I had a concussion. They were out to get you. Yeah, they was on. You know, they was calling me all types of names, man. It was crazy, but I, I deserved it. I gave them like forty. The I deserved game. it. Yeah, I deserved it. I gave them like forty-seven the first game, man. It was <sighs> bad. Wow. It was bad. Yeah. I really respect your mind, man. Listen, I'm going to cut this short because I want to leave more meat on the bones for a part two. But, man, this has been so illuminating because, you know, you never get a chance to see somebody. And, you know, just from my vantage point of just watching you play basketball, I knew that you probably thought it at a high level. But, you know, just like how you were kind of mesmerized before of saying, 
Well, you identified in words how I was feeling at some point that I never felt that way. It's kind of how I feel about you of just like being able to explain in real time because it's not coming from a place of like hubris. It's coming from a place of like deep work. And you know when you have that deep work, you can't be denied. And that's how I feel about refing. Like, I'm really great at refing because I put in a lot of work into it. Definitely I do, do it so many times. So it's one of those things that it's not really coming from a place of like arrogance. It's coming from oh, a place sure. of like you do the deep work. And, you know, I want you to continue success in everything that you do. And, yo, man, don't be a stranger. Come out here. And no, I think we can have a lot of enlightened. I feel like something is brewing between us. But. We'll figure that out, man. But this is just episode one, man. <laughs> I appreciate you for having me come down, man. This is this is what we need to be doing. The cool, youth, man. The youth need to be here in the gyms, man. Even the older people need to be here in the gyms, bro. I never understood why older people be feeling like they can't learn. It's never nobody in the room. You know, I, I feel like I can't learn from. I feel like I can learn any. You know, maybe not everything they're saying, but I'm gonna take the goods. You know, the good parts of what they're saying, and and find some you know, some clarity in what they're saying and understand that, you know, because not every time somebody's saying something to you is 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 to, you know, you know, say something to be mean to you or intimidate you. Sometimes some people actually genuinely care. Sometimes, you know, so... Not when you're a ref. Yeah. Well, you know, you got, you got, you got a different job than me, man. My job is to, is, is, is to get buckets and to, you know, make sure that my, my kids is getting buckets. Uh, That's my job. Yo, I, I'll tell you one thing. Like when we had that, when I had that championship, Baldwin versus Sacred Heart, mm-hmm. one of the parents were like, "I just heard you from Baldwin, mm. and you reffing us like that, like mm. as if like I'm supposed to give them favoritism." I'm like, "Listen, bro, I would have went to Uniondale and then I put the ball up." It's a different, it's a different time, man. These guys just crazy, super crazy, man. I thank you. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Oh man. Besides, thank you, Ralph. Thank you for this opportunity. I want to uh, thank you, everybody that's gonna that's gonna listen to this podcast, man. I just want to say uh, I'm doing a back to school drive. I'm definitely gonna be doing a back to school drive. I'm gonna be doing that Faith Baptist Cathedral Church that's in uh, Hempstead, New York. Uh, I will give everybody a date within the next few days, but I'm definitely gonna be doing that. So anyone that's willing to help donate, please just you know you could DM me at Shaquille Mosley. You could DM me at uh, Shack Attack Academy. On Instagram, any way you can, be on Ralph's page right now. Even if you want to contact Ralph to get to me, please, we accept. I probably got some things to donate too. Please, anything we can do, school supplies, um, you know, any food like snacks and stuff for kids, clothes, anything that anything that kids could use for school. Man. PlayStation Two. I don't even think the TVs are made for that anymore. Let's take it. We'll take it all, man. <laughs> anything that anybody could give, you want to do a cash donation, please just let me know. I can send you a cash app for you guys, uh, please. But I appreciate everybody that's listening, man. And for all you young kids that's out there, I just got, you know, my main message for you guys this year is uh, don't be afraid to fail. I want y'all really, you know, think about that, coaches. Don't be afraid to fail. And what I mean by that is um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And I don't, and for everybody that's listening, I don't care. It's not just for basketball. I don't care what it is. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. For kids that's that's looking for schools, don't be afraid to hit up coaches and let them send them your videos. Let them know who you are. Let them know what you're trying to do. Don't be afraid to fail, man. For anybody that's that's afraid to put out a soundtrack, you know what I'm saying, for rappers, don't be afraid to do that. Anybody that's you know what I'm saying that's afraid to to fail, please. 
this is the time for you to really step on the gas, man. Really lock in and do what you're doing. Uh, I'm really happy to, to be here with my man Ralph right here. You know, I just started my brand, uh, Shack Attack Academy. You know, I'm doing training, group sessions, leagues, community events. So please, anybody that's interested in doing any of that, please don't hesitate. Feel free to contact me or my main man, Ralph. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can do it any other way. But I appreciate all you guys for listening and uh, let's be greater together. Yeah, and listen, the, f- the further thing that I'll say is that when, when somebody tries to give me flack of when I'm refing and I make a mistake, I'm like, bro, if you go 10 for 20, you miss 10 shots, but like mm-hmm. that's, that's a great field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. Yo, you, you're treating me like I'm Steph Curry on the line. Mm-hmm. I make one call. I'm terrible? Yeah, I'm like, bro. bro, you just shot four straight air balls. I'm Chill terrible? Out. Yeah. Come on now. sub, boy. Don't be mad. Yo, I always go like, don't be mad at me because your game is mediocre. Yeah. Please. You need a sub, yeah. man. Step it up. But at the same time, same thing. You got to treat life like jump shots. Yes, sir. If you fall for 36, you still scored eight points. It's going to be terrible, but you're gonna, you'll get better. You'll get more efficient as, sure. as, you, as you normalize failure, man. So that's wise words, man. Sure. I'm interested to see how you grow. And we'll definitely leave more meat on the boats. Shaq Attack Academy, excuse me. Yes, sir. Ralph the Ref, Shaq Mosley. This is The Rant. We're signing out. Peace. Yes, sir.